friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Week 6 Ranks. I'm Chris Welsh. That is Brandon Funston. And we are going to be going up and pitting against Jake Seeley's ranks, which you can get over at The Athletic. They are posted now. They will be updated as they go. Big old nice article that Brandon probably ciphered through and edited and put that all together. And uh, that is what this show is all about. Obviously, you can go and check out his ranks. We'll talk about some of his and where we differ positively or negatively to get you some interesting plays and, you know, the decisiveness or the indecisiveness of the ranks this week. Like there's a position that I think a lot of us are in tune and in target with, at least I am with Jake. And then there's other positions where it's going wild. Bye weeks affect all these things. It's kind of crazy. Brandon Funston, week six. Are you ready to get down with all this? Yeah, let's roll. I just, uh, yeah, I've been pouring through the numbers and uh, coming off, by the way, my best week in fantasy at five and one. So I had a, really? had a nice week. Um, it's, I, it was much needed, but uh, yeah, I got a little bit more of a sunnier disposition this week. Okay, <laughs> that's good. A little sunnier display. We'll take that. We'll get that. Uh, let's go through a couple pieces of the news and notes. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot reported that there was no structural damage in Deshaun Watson's shoulder. Uh, Cabot had said on uh, the Pat Maf- McAfee show earlier in the week that it was a bruised rotator cuff. Injury timeline of like full health is going to take quite some time. Did not practice on Wednesday. Did not practice on Thursday. The Browns are going up against the San Francisco 49ers, and I guess it has been announced that P.J. Walker would be the quarterback that they would go with if he does not play. Expectations of Watson, especially going up against the Niners, if he were to play, and if he doesn't, the weapons in Cleveland against the 49ers. So let's start with if Watson were to be active against the 49ers, are you even playing him? Well, I mean, Watson's mobile. I mean, first of all, by the way, will you – at all disappointed in Dorian Thompson Robinson last week. Did you kind of Awful. think that maybe he would be like a sneaky fun play after the awesome preseason? And um, yeah, we've like, also wow. been like we've we've also had those things where it's like the Brock Purdy's of the world that come in and we get these court. We're like, okay, there's a little bit. Of, not that Purdy was a name, but you know, you get these guys. The most popular guy in town is the backup quarterback, and you know, DTR. There's a lot of love there. It looked wretched. It looked yeah. really bad, and then it was like, no, we're going to go to P.J. Walker. He's not remotely close to being ready. Yeah, I mean, I don't have great expectations for anybody in Cleveland. I'm not ranking Amari Cooper super high, Elijah Moore. I'm kind of down on. I think I have Watson as my quarterback 19. Um, you know, that's with the expectation that he'd run a little bit and maybe sneaks one into the end zone, but it's not a great upside week. So it's, it's just about as bad a matchup as you can get. And so does it get worse if Walker is the quarterback for the rest of those weapons? Because like the Niners secondary is susceptible. A guy like Eli Moore might actually be kind of sneaky. Amari Cooper could be a guy that could, they could just litter those targets in. But if PJ Walker's the quarterback, eh, eh, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. A lot, yeah. It's it's hard to rank right now. I mean, I'm I kind of I'm giving Amari a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but it's a huge difference between Watson and PJ Walker. And I imagine, I mean, I I always print out the, on Wednesday this, you know, the weekly schedule, and it has the, uh, you know, like the spread at the time. I can't imagine it's four and a half for San Francisco on my sheet. I got I haven't even checked, but I can't imagine like if it's it goes to PJ Walker, it's gonna be like two to three points, right? I took it at five on like Monday morning or whatever it was. It's already moved to six in a lot of spots. I would think it's going to, if it's truly PJ, you're going to get a full touchdown. 
I do too. And I'm surprised it hasn't moved more as the practice. Oh, okay. You know what? Correct that. It is up to eight. <laughs> okay. As yeah. of the, I think the Thursday practice change it. Cause I'm not, I'm not even joking. We're recording this on Thursday morning. I saw it at six a couple hours ago. I think the no practice on Thursday has changed us. I got that baby at five. It has moved all the way up to eight. This is on DraftKings, of course. It's going to be different on some other spots. But yeah, that line has moved. That is very telling, too, of P.J. Walker being the quarterback. And, you know, and I, it's, it's interesting. I think the 49ers are sort of matchup proof from, a, from an opposing defensive standpoint. I know people are thinking, like, this is going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of proof in the pudding here on facing this Cleveland defense. But I just, Brock Purdy... He processes quickly and he has the kind of weapons that are made for quick processing, you know, and I just think he's he's going to be fine. So, yeah, I think this is if it's P.J. Walker, it's an easy touchdown win Uh, for those Browns options. Amari Cooper is twenty nine on Jake's rank this week. So, I mean, that is a barely wide mid wide. I shouldn't make a big deal about mid wide receiver three at this point. But he likes Zay Flowers over Amari Cooper this week. You know, so that's kind of telling though. He's got some more dramatic ranks. I think Watson was also in the twenties and I'm very not into Jerome Ford this week, but that's the guy he's high on. Maybe someone we should have targeted here because he's got Jerome Ford at 23. And I have actually taken your school of thought with me throughout every single week. We've done this is like, he has to make a big breakaway. He has to score a touchdown. I noted this in a couple places, Brandon, he has more missed tackles or broken tackles than like Josh Jacobs, which is amazing. 46% breakaway percentage. It's amazing. But he has to break the big play to be relevant. And a 49er team is pretty, I'm not saying it can't happen, but they're good tacklers, incredible linebackers, tackling physical safeties. I think it's a lot tougher, especially if they're not scared of the quarterback. They're going to tell that offense, PJ Walker has to beat us. They're going to stack in. I don't like Jerome Ford as an RB2 unless he breaks it away. I don't see there being, uh, and that'll be like the thing. If he breaks one big away, I'm not going to give Jake any credit for the, for his 23 rank. If he breaks yeah. a big 50 yarder, no credit. But if he's averaging four and a half yards per carry and he has volume and he's doing it on lots of plays, then 100% right. Otherwise, I have him at like 29 or 30 this week. If, if my choice was four and a half yards per carry versus two and a half yards per carry, I'm easily going two and a half yards per carry on Ford. I haven't met, I haven't met RB 28, so I'm I'm decidedly outside the RB2 range. And I'm RB, I'm wide receiver 25 on Cooper, but I ranked that with Watt with the expectation that Watson, who they say if he doesn't practice, he could still play on Sunday. So, um, that But the lines are kind of telling us, I think, where that's yeah. going. I have Ford at 31 right now. That's okay. where I'm at. Pollard couldn't get over you know 50-whatever yards. I don't think Jerome Ford with P.J. Walker as the quarterback is going to be, unless there are like kind of letdown spots. But that's where... Jake's ranks are currently kind of telling you some of these guys are uh, Dolphins. OC Frank Smith said, yes, this is the uh, Roto world headline when asked whether uh, Jeff Wilson appears ready to play. So they're saying he appears ready to play. That is also different than being ready to full go. We obviously know a Chan sadly, stupidly is out. Mostert, I would expect to get maybe a little bit more volume, but I feel like that team, no team ever wants to give Mostert big volume. So whether it's Ahmed or Wilson, we might see Wilson in there. Is there any part of you that's going to want to slip Jeffrey Wilson into a lineup this week if he's active or just say, nah? No, I, I think, you know, in his first game back off of the IR, what's the over on 
if he's active, what's, what, what would you set the over-under on touches at? Like eight and a half at the most? I don't know. Jeffrey, I mean, Jeffrey Wilson is a pretty beloved play. It was with, with the Niners and with the yeah, Dolphins. But you, I do think you're going to get a, probably an even mix of Ahmed and Wilson with a little bit more of Moster. And then we will see Wilson gain, you know, share in that, in that workload in that backfield. But I just don't think it'll be his first week off of IR. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, it's relatively limited. And Jake has Moster at seven on RBs this week. And I'm kind of with, I'm kind of with that. I've got a DFS play for him this week. I've got him. Uh, let me take a look here. I think I've got him at. Well, I got him at twelve right now. I guess I'm at was, five. So I'm. Yeah, I'm I should even go higher. I should go a little bit higher. I, I think I'll probably get him to ten. I don't know if I'll go too much higher because I'm just worried about the not letting him get more of a bulk. But that's also not mattered with the Dolphins. It doesn't matter. You give any of these guys ten touches and they. You know, right. They they turn lemons into mustard you know, dollars bills. Yeah, mustard is number. I mean, the two the two top uh, fantasy points per touch at running back are a Chan and Mostert. So I mean, yeah, and it's a pretty good matchup against Carolina. The more you think about it, and if they're up a bunch, you're going to want to run the ball. I'm just worried that they don't want to with the injury to a Chan that they're not going to want to unload on uh, Mostert, and they're going to want to put Ahmed out there for some more of those carries, especially if it gets late. It, it, again, it, they might lop off like crazy high volume upside, but he's seven, you're five, so that kind of tells the story. Jeffrey Wilson Jr. might be out there. Saquon Barkley practiced on Thursday. I think this is a good sign, and we can finally be done with Brita. I am over him. Saquon opens Eric up Gray. the offense a little bit. <laughs> Eric Gray, exactly. Yeah. Where are you going to slot? Uh, are you going to be fully comfortable with Barkley if he's active? You have to assume with how they've used this situation, there's no chance they're going to put him out there and do like a Jonathan Taylor six carries, right? Right. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I'm ranking. I don't have him in my top 12 because he's still a limited He's still a limited participant in practice. And, um, you know, he, he did get a little bit of time in last week. I just... Um, I don't think they will slow play him though. And the Bills are one of the best matchups for a running back there is. I mean, I I do my adjustments and, not, and don't just go off fantasy points, but off of you know yards per carry and yards per touch and all that. And they're the fourth worst uh, you know run defense in fantasy. So it is a good matchup for Barkley to get back. But we also are we? I think we we're looking at Tyrod Taylor being the quarterback. So and Darren Waller could be out and Wandale Robinson. Their number one, you know, quote unquote, wide receiver could be out. So it also could be a situation where it's very easily for, easy for the Bills to focus on Saquon Barkley alone, and that's why I don't have him as a top twelve running back. But if he's if he's playing, I'm playing him because he's decidedly inside my top twenty. Yeah, Jake's got him at fifteen. I have him at seventeen right yeah. now. So where I think we're probably all in the same general space, regardless. This is assuming yeah. he's active. Would you yeah. say fifteen? I think I'm fifteen. Yeah. Miles Sanders with that shoulder injury remains sidelined on Thursday in practice. He's a massive worry for me lately. The matchup would be solid as far as like them being behind, but I just don't think you can trust him. And so much so, Jake, I'm trying to see. I, th I think Jake has just thrown him off the ranks because he's got Chuba at 30 right now. So okay. Miles Sanders is trending in the wrong direction. Chuba is going to be a pretty good DFS value this week. If they're playing from behind and they're throwing the ball, they're very comfortable with giving Chuba Hubbard. So uh, I'm I'm kind of with this play. I'm just waiting. I wish they just pulled the Band-Aid off and, and just yeah. be like, yep, he's out and we could just have full Chuba. If we had full Chuba Hubbard, where would you place him? 
Yeah, I kind of ranked Miles Sanders like he's going to play, and I put him. Uh, at, I did too. I so. put him at twenty-seven, so I probably would put Chuba right in the same range, you know. So that's funny. Like, I have him at twenty-eight. So yeah, it's kind of a you know, I would just be a swap one for the other. Maybe, maybe ding Chuba slight. Probably not. Probably just give how about this? Give him the straight uh, Miles how about rank. Chuba or Zach Moss. Well, that's who I have Sanders one ahead of. I know, right me too, me too. I have I actually have Moss one ahead of Sanders right now. Okay, so I have him in the same general range. If if it's if Miles is out and it's Chuba, would you rather have Chuba or Moss sharing with Taylor? I think I'd rather have Moss. That's, I'd rather have Chuba. It's close. It's it close. is very close. It's very very close. And I it, and like I said before. It looks like Jake is ranking according that um, that Miles is not going to play because I don't see Miles in the top four. Actually, he's 39 and Chuba is 30 right now. So that'll probably be a definitive move now that that's going to happen. Lastly, on the news and notes before we get into our ranks versus Jake, Keontae Ingram showed up as RB1 on the depth chart and all the DeMarcado fans gasped and got frustrated but is it something to be frustrated about on a lot of different fronts? Because I didn't actually believe, I don't think it matters where he's on the depth chart. I just didn't believe that they would give DeMarcado some big bulk like everybody is making it out to be. I think he will get somewhere between 10 and 15 touches. He might catch a few balls, might run a few. I don't think they were ever going to give him a bulk. And I think that's what people wanted him to become James Conner. I didn't really believe that. And I think the RB1 to Ingram maybe kind of reaffirms that story that Ingram is not a pure RB1 in my eyes. I think it would just be a split, and DeMarcado is a much more explosive back. But what say you about this? Because I know you spent some fab dollars on DeMarcado. I did, uh, but, I, I, you know, one of them was Scott Fishbowl, where there's literally nobody left, you know, and I'm, I was hurting in that league. So I kind of just had to go for a, a heartbeat, you know. And so chase that one. And I'm chasing Platoon, and I'll take 10 to 15 touches, absolutely. And... You know, I would think he's the more dangerous receiver if they're playing from behind. Um, you know, doesn't speak to sometimes pass pro plays into that. I mean, all the time it does. So he's got to be competent in that. So, so that remains to be seen. But Keontae hasn't really been getting a whole lot of running. He's been hurt. Maybe DeMarcado gets a little bit more of the lead share in this one because of that reason. So eh, it's, it's, a, it's kind of an RB3 dart throw on my ranks. Yeah, it's, and the other one we're waiting for, I just want to throw out, still waiting for the exact information what's going to happen with the Bears, too. I think it's a super important fantasy one. If Roshan is going to be good, he still didn't practice as far as I saw with the concussion. If he doesn't and Deontay Foreman is the main guy, I think it makes Deontay Foreman a fascinating fantasy option this week. And I'm I'm a little bit in question if Roshan is active Will it be Roshan's volume and Deontay is just pass protection? It's kind of the difference between some DFS things I might do and and really some of the lineups because I know Foreman and Roshan were kind of at the forefront of um, of some of the waivers this week. Do you have any take on whichever direction that goes? I kind of agree with you. If no Roshan, Deontay just kind of lands in the you know the low end bell cows where you just always kind of playing around with Damian Pierce and Alexander Madison and Brian well not so much Brian Robinson although I don't like Brian Robinson this week but those guys that were always kind of just Rashad Whites you know I think he's in that territory sort of as a bubble RB2 guy and kind of in the mid 20s okay so we're on the same uh we're on the same wavelength here let's talk about ranks and we'll start with quarterback ranks again we've got Jake Seeley's ranks that are up 
over at The Athletic, where you'll see Josh Allen coming in at number two, just giving a little bit of taste of some of these. Justin Fields, number six, which is kind of a fun one this week. Uh, where does Joe Burrow go? Trevor Lawrence is a top 10. Those are some things you can take a look at. And speaking of Joe Burrow, that is our first difference as we are going to pick apart a few of these. Jake has Joe Burrow at eight. Brandon, you have him at four. The Joe Burrow bounce back happened last week. It's kind of the thing we've been waiting for. Matchup works. This is a decent matchup for him to get going again. And you are in top four quarterback. So you guys have a pretty big differential here. So let's uh, let's hear about it. Yeah, I just see Joe Burrow as the kind of guy that just absolutely kills the Seahawks. You know, you saw like Matt Stafford in week one and the way he can get rid of the ball and and play the sort of underneath game. And the Seahawks are always good at kind of like at, you know, defending the deep ball, but giving up stuff underneath. So, you know, they got nickel and dimed for the first three weeks to the tune of three quarterbacks in a row going for over 300 yards. And Joe Burrow went over 300 yards last week against Arizona. I thought he looked great. I watched a lot of that game. You know, he was running around. The calf didn't look like a problem. And he's going to get, sounds like he's going to get T. Higgins back. So Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, I think they can just hit a lot of those underneath seven to 10 yard, you know, quick hitters. And that just kills Seattle. Always has under Pete Carroll. And I just expect this is probably another one of those 300 yard games where he gets a couple touchdowns and it may be a third touchdown. But I, I see him as top five upside in this one. Yeah. And three of four quarterback matchups, the quarterback has thrown for over 300 yards so far this yeah. year against that Seattle defense. You've had the Rams, the Lions, and the Panthers. It was only the Giants who literally can't throw the ball. Every one of those, really incredible too, the pass attempts on the Panthers in week three, 58 pass attempts against, but they were 28 of 35 and 24 of 38, all over 300 yards. So averaging three, even with the bad Giants game where they only gave up 200, they're still averaging 305 yards passing against each game. And Joe Burrow is coming off that high of that offense reworking. And T. Higgins, was a full participant in practice. So they should have T back. They've got Jamar Chase offensively rolling. It seems like a pretty good matchup for Burrow. So I'm I'm more sighted with you. I think you're aggressive. I'm saying aggressiveness in that I really like it. I think it's, um, I'm trying to look where I'm at. Yeah, so I'm, I guess I'm rank-wise, I'm a little closer to Jake because I have him at seven, but I feel you. I am with you on the like, I really like Joe Burrow this week. So I'm down with that one. The other one, this is funny, and the reason I didn't put one on, if you had looked at the sheet, I didn't put a quarterback on here, is because I'm in agreement, grossly, with this one that you put on here in Desmond Ritter. Jake is out on Desmond Ritter, rightfully so, because he has been, what? The worst <laughs> quarterback in the NFL, of course, outside of last week where he just mysteriously started throwing the ball. He's out. He's got him at 27. You came in here and dropped him at 19. But yeah. I hate to say it. Because I'm kind of with you on this one. I think he's actually a surprise QB to uh, to roll out this week. The most rushing yards given up to quarterbacks is by Washington. They're yeah. also giving up the second most passing touchdowns right now to quarterbacks. Uh, Washington. Desmond Ritter isn't awesome. They're coming off of confidence, being able to pass the ball. They can build off of that against a team that you can do it against. So that's why I'm with you on this. You have him at 19, though, this week. So he's a super flex option for you. Yeah, absolutely. You just basically broke down the matchup. It's as, it's on my sheet, which is, like I said, not just fantasy points per game allowed to the quarterback, but also, also you know, fantasy points per attempt and, uh, you know, depth of target stuff. 
this is the best matchup for a quarterback when it when it breaks down. And in fantasy, they're like the fourth best matchup in terms of points per game. But I think they're even worse than that, and I, I think they are the best matchup for a quarterback. So, yeah, uh, why not top 20 for a guy who went over 300 yards last week, who has a bunch of great weapons, who has the weapons to take advantage of a defense like this? And, you know, maybe we're starting to see a little something. But I'm going to, you know, I'm definitely going to chase – that best game of the year by Ritter against the worst defense in the league, you know, in terms of pass defense. So, uh, yeah, give me top 20 on Desmond Ritter. I think there's also the possibility, uh, you know, Jake is very high on Sam Howell this week. He's got him at 15 against Atlanta. I think there's a possibility Ritter outscores him because Sam Howell, obviously the volume of being able to pass has worked in their favor. But I don't know, I guess I think Atlanta's defense may be a little bit better than being given credit for. I also feel like the weapons they just struggle with. I mean, Jahan Dotson just disappears. Antonio Gibson is not a force in the run game. I do think they're going to have to rebound off of Brian Robinson. We, I mean, I was like Brian Robinson to the moon last week, and he was he barely <laughs> got off the ground. Yeah. And I know they'll try to rebound with that, but how effective is that going to be? And is that going to maybe be a time of possession that thing that's taken away? So I don't know. There's a possibility that Ritter could outscore him. So I'm with you on that one as far as the quarterbacks go. Let's jump over to running backs. The running back rank big differentials. Very funny on this one, too. I was just, Bogman and I have a shared league. We're doing this pentathlon with our very own Derek Van Riper here at The Athletic. And we have to put together our DFS lineups and all these others. And we were really staring at Alvin Kamara and the volume he's gotten since he's come back. And this matchup is good. And one of the big differences, it's not crazy because these are still RB1s, but Jake has got Alan Kamara at 12 this week, and you dropped him at 8. And how he's performed early on, I'm not sure he could be any lower than 8 right now. Yeah, I mean, and it really comes down to 24 and a half touches per game. After being out for the first three weeks of the season, your first two games were just, there's this was no holds barred. You're getting all the touches and yeah, and he's also, you know, being productive. So then you get Houston, it's above average matchup in general, but they also give him up like the fourth or fifth most receiving yards to the running back. Uh, we know Alvin Kamara can, can go that route as well. Derek Carr targeting him for 13 catches his first game back, but um, something he's been doing for a long time. So I just like the multifaceted ways in which Kamara can take advantage of this defense. And when you're giving him 24 to 25 you know, options per game to do that. I, I got to be inside the top 10 on that. So Jake's also RB one, but when you start talking about a four spot difference, you know, among your top 15 running backs, it's, it's semi significant. I don't have a ton of disagreements with Jake. So that was one. I, I think I had to kind of like call out. Yeah, you're right. It is impactful. And he, the one above and one below, he has Deandre Swift one spot above Kamara. And then he's got Joe Mixon one spot under and the Swift one, it's just a, it's just a tougher matchup with the. I mean, Jets defense is pretty stout. I, mean, I love what Swift has done this year, but getting Gainwell involved, Jalen Hurts running, I don't know. This it doesn't seem like a, this is a week where you could justify Swift not being an RB one, but it only is relevant to DFS players and rankers and stuff. It's not relevant to fantasy players because whether he's RB eleven, ten, or fifteen, you're absolutely starting him out there because of what he's been doing with the Eagles. It's just. From this perspective, Alvin Kamara is owed a little bit more. And I have Kamara at, I think, I have him at nine. So I was like, okay. he can't be past eight. I have him at nine. So I am closer with you on this one. Uh, coming in at number two on the big rank differentials, I just mentioned him, Brian Robinson. Yeah. So Jake 
has got Brian Robinson at 19, maybe kind of what I was talking about, needing to reestablish going up against Atlanta. You've got him outside of the RB2 range. You've got him at 25. So this is another one of those big difference. Let's hear it. Yeah, well, you talked about the dud. You thought he was to the moon last week, and he absolutely was terrible. Now you go and face this Atlanta defense that we do need to give more credit. They're especially good against the run. That's something that they're doing. And if you look at all the number one running backs that have faced Atlanta this year, the average for the number one running back is 20 touches. They've There's been at least a, a leader of 16 touches or more in every game. They have yet to give up a double-digit fantasy point outing in any game to any running back, and they're getting high volume against them. It's just not – they're just not giving up points. So you look at Brian Robinson's dud last week. You look at the matchup. And I just don't see a ton of upside in this game. If he if he does go into the top 20, he's going to basically do something that no running back that has faced them yet has done. And he's not coming in on a heater. you know. And they faced Travis Etienne. They faced Damian Pierce. Jameer Gibbs, when David Montgomery was out, had 18 touches. Miles Sanders and A.J. Dillon. So those are the five guys that have had big touches against the Falcons. None of them could score a touchdown. None of, none of them could get to 10 half PPR fantasy points. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on this one too, because if I were to ask everybody, how many um, 20 yard or 20 carry games does he have this year? The answer is zero. He has zero 20 carry mm-hmm. games this year. How many games of 15 or more carries? Like, oh, okay, two. It's two. Now, if you want to get into the touches perspective, I would have the, lost that. Recept- I, w- I would have been off on that. I would have assumed he most all of them were 15 plus, and they're not because he had 10 against the Bills carries. 14 against Philly and six last week. Now, if you throw in the receptions in there, it's still two games without 15 touches that he has had. So it it is also going to be about this often. Like, do you, if you think Washington has this game on wraps and they're maintaining the ball and then they're slowing it down. Okay. Then we might get to a spot where Brian Robinson is dominating and getting carries. Just want to point out his two biggest performances as far as carries go came against the Arizona Cardinals and the Denver Broncos. That's not super, super telling about what he's done. I'm not trying to be dismissive of Brian Robinson, but when you couldn't do it against the Bears last week and how this offense was running, I'm kind of with you. I don't really trust it. I don't, I'm not fully on board. He has Brees Hall one spot above Brian Robinson and Rashad White one spot below. And I actually don't like Rashad White a lot this week because of that Lions defense. But then, just throwing this out here, uh, Roshan Johnson is at 21 currently. Like, that is a guy I think I might be, I might rather play over Brian and uh, White. I'd rather have Brees Hall, but I would have Roshan if he were the main guy over, I think, both of those others this week. Yeah, I'm waiting on that the news on Roshan because I, I haven't ranked him like he's playing yet until I hear that he is. It's kind of hedging, but I would be on Roshan over Brian Robinson, obviously as well. Uh, the guy that I kind of agreed with what you said, I didn't have a bunch of massive differences. I, I guess now that I'm seeing it, the number one would be Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford would be the biggest one. I just want to throw out there. He's got Jerome Ford at 23. I've got him, as I mentioned, at um, 31. That one I'm completely out on for everything I said. But another one, and this is more about just I'm very much in on him this week, is James Cook. And I've got James Cook at just outside of an RB1. He's got James Cook at 17 so far. James Cook had a dud game, but... Even after the one bad game, still averaging 4.8 yards per carry on the year with that one game pulling him down. 
Giants are giving up the second most rushing yards in the NFL to RBs, and they are top six in fantasy points given up overall. I think they're going to maintain this game. I think they are going to have possession. I think they're going to be up early. And what do they do? They're going to run the ball. The crappy thing is you know that Latavius Murray will get involved and take some of it, and that's what I don't like. What I do like is early on James Cook getting a touchdown. I'm probably going to bet the anytime touchdown for him. I think he's going to be close to an RB1 in performance. Last week, I I didn't get this. I'm I'm one and one on this bet, but the rushing attempts every single week seem to open up at 12 and a half. Going to take the over this week. You can run on the Giants. I love James Cook this week, and I guess I'm just a little bit higher than consensus. Where are you between Jake and I? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't let the recency bias sway me. He's had a good year up to this point. On my on my sheet, the Giants are the third best uh, matchup for a running back. So I'm at 14 on James Cook. I'm more in your camp than I am in Jake's camp. Yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna ride James Cook to the touchdown this week. That's one of my absolute favorites. Let's go over to wide receivers. You've got two. I've got one. We're versing off against Mr. Jake Seeley's ranks. And this is, I feel like I've had a lot of conversation. I had one with my buddy, Joe Pizapia about this. Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers, Jake has at 34, barely a wide receiver three. You've got him at 24, a wide receiver two. revenge narrative. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Also all about those targets. Jimmy Garoppolo loves throwing deep. If there isn't check the, or not deep, but short, (laughs) if there isn't, (laughs) no, he doesn't. He hates it actually. If there isn't something there with Devontae Adams, it's immediately going to Jacoby Myers. And I think that defense is going to be hyper-pressed on Devontae Adams. And Adams is a little bit more of the deeper play guy for them. That's going to leave Jacoby Myers in those like 5 and 10-yard in routes. Would not be surprised to see him get 10 catches in this game. Is that where you're going with this, why you have him as a wide receiver too? Yeah, and I have him at wide receiver 23. He's actually wide receiver 17 on the year in fantasy points per game. So... Uh, you you mentioned the targets. I mean, with Garoppolo, he has three games of seven plus catches and seventy five plus yards. I mean, and what does Bill Belichick like to do? He likes to focus in on stopping the best that the other team brings to the table. Well, you got to say, well, that's probably first Devonte Adams, probably second Josh Jacobs. I don't think you know they're going to do more than have guys like Miles Bryant and J C Jackson on on coverage. You know, on Jacoby Meyer. So. I really like the setup, and I like the revenge narrative option. I like the double revenge. Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Let's not forget about mm. Jimmy G. So there you go. You got two guys uh, you know, that takes the two to tangle in terms of uh, making a reception, but you got two guys that also um, have revenge on their mind and we will be motivated. But I just – look, I just don't think Jacoby Meyer is going to stop doing what he's been doing, and if he continues on his track, then he's easily a wide receiver, too, or wide receiver, too. Jacoby Myers, 24. Jake's got him at 34. He he has Terry McLaurin one spot above Jacoby Myers at 33, which I actually have higher, and Tyler Lockett one spot below. So obviously some players have moved up. His, his, it's a very interesting spot to give the cheap plug to go to the athletic.com or go to All In Kid on Twitter. Click on his article and sign up. If you don't already have a subscription to The Athletic, you can get one. You can get access to all his ranks and waivers. There's a big group of wide receivers that are getting smacked by Jake this week that are going into the like the 29 to 30 range. Some guys that are more typical teens-ish, early 20s guys that are pushed way back. And I think it's interesting to see Jacoby Myers just kind of sandwiched between a lot of these players. You know, the Tyler Lockett's and like Debo Samuel's kind of lower and everything. But 
If you're playing in full PPR, I love Myers even more. But regardless of the point, if they can move the ball against the Patriots, Kobe Myers is going to get targeted this game. So I lean a little bit uh, closer with you. This one, you're picking on one of my guys, my sneaky sneaky, and you might be without Tank Dell, which makes him more sneaky sneaky. Nico Collins, Jake has got as a wide receiver two this week. You guys are essentially flipped on Nico and Myers. You've got around 31. So you've got him as a mid wide receiver three versus a wide receiver two for Jake. So why are you down on Nico Collins this week? Yeah, and I'll I'll admit, um, I'd probably move Nico up a little bit if Tank Dell is out. But I don't like the matchup with Marshawn Lattimore. And if you look at the similar guy, I would expect Marshawn to be on him a lot, you know. And Nico Collins is one of those bigger receivers, kind of in the same vein as Mike Evans. Um, but you look at the Saints secondary, they've held they've held for the most part, held wide receivers down. Only one wide receiver this year has gone above the 73 yards of Romeo Dobbs in in week three. Uh wide receiver catch percentage is like 56%. So it's a it's a tough matchup regardless. In a way, I kind of think if Tank Dell's out, it just means maybe even more attention on Nico Collins, which could be problematic. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm playing a little bit of a gut feeling here on this. I would expect, you know, Robert, Ed, or Robert Woods to step up. Maybe they lean a little bit more on their backfield. Maybe Dalton Schultz gets a little bit more into the action as well. But I just think it's going to be a tough matchup for Nico Collins. He's been all over the map. He's had two really big games. He's had two kind of stinkers and one sort of in the middle. So he is he is kind of a box of chocolates at this point. And I'm not going to I'm not going to slam dunk a wide wide receiver 2 rating on a guy like that in this matchup. I'm actually between you guys. So that's the thing. Like I love Nico. I'm lower than Jake. I'm at 27 on Nico okay. Collins. I think there's some pretty good mid options in there. Like I've got um, Adam Thielen above him. I actually have Terry McLaurin above Nico and he buried Terry McLaurin this week. I like Debo a little bit more than Jake does. I got Jake. I have uh, him above where Debo is at like 29 for, for his rank or 30 for his ranking. So I'm in between you guys. My biggest difference. Very curious at your take on this with Jake. And this is probably the most dramatic one I have different this week. But I am being the high guy, want to be the high guy, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison failed me last week. He will not fail me this week. I have Jordan Addison at wide receiver 15. Jake has got him at 24. Obviously, Jefferson out is a problem. K.J. Osborne moves into the Jefferson role? Maybe. You'd actually be surprised. Addison had a similar rep share to what Jefferson was doing. I, If I remember correctly, Jefferson was like, 68% out wide, 31 point something on the slot. Addison was into the 74, I want to say, 74, 75 on wide and still 24% in the slot working. My favorite stat of the week, quarterback rating versus wide receivers. Kirk Cousins had a quarterback rating of 120 when targeting Jordan Addison. A 66 quarterback rating when throwing to K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne is not that great. That's not something they're going to be looking at, but that just tells the story of, you know, what you visually are seeing, that you're in a better spot with Jordan Addison. He had a little ankle thing, but he's back into practice on Thursday. We have seen him get the big targets. He's had eight and nine over his last three weeks in two games. Carolina, he kind of disappeared. I guess it was a Carolina game that he disappointed. This past week, he had the bounce back, but... I love for him to get the big play targets. I do think KJ Osborne's going to get some stupid cheap receptions, but I think Addison can play that. He is good in space. He is good down the middle of the field. Cousins loves to throw. That'll be his version of Jefferson. 
I think he's a borderline wide receiver one this week. Uh, where do you sit on the Addison train? I agree. In, like in baseball, in, in in baseball comparison, like KJ Osborne's just like your your middleman. He's a, he's a bridge to the closer, you know, starter. Yeah. And, you know, Addison's the guy that comes up, and you're like, well, he's either going to be an elite closer or he's going to be a, a really solid starter. You know, if you're going to do the same comparison. But I agree. I have him ranked down. Like he has an ankle injury. I want to kind of want to see where that ends up. But yeah, he did practice in full today. Okay, on Thursday. Yeah, I think I was going off of Wednesday's information. So then I'm going to have him right next to Mike Evans and Adam Thielen right at, at, you know, right at that top 20 bubble. So whether that's 19, 20, 21, it's going to be right there. Yeah. So you'll be like in between both yeah. of uh, where we are, but yeah, that it's one of my favorite bets of the week. I immediately hit it 54 and a half on the receiving yards. Whenever the reception goes, I just think I was very, I'm very, very annoyed with how Addison has been treated as far as targets and looks. But when you have Justin Jefferson, second looks aren't the most important thing. I think you're going to be looking at second looks when KJ Osborne is running Jefferson, um, you know, Jefferson routes. And Addison was coming out in two wide receiver sets. Very likely that's not going to happen now. So that's more potential for Addison to be out there. So I love him this week. And that is our biggest difference. Give us a good old tight end sleeper. You've been giving us those tight end sleepers. What do you got, Brandon? Yeah, it's been working out pretty good. I just get this. A, it's kind of a crappy week for tight end sleepers. <laughs> so I'll go back to the guy I said last week. Since I like Desmond Ritter, let's go back to Jonu Smith, who's been, you know, Kyle Pitts bubbled up last week, but Jonu Smith's still kind of doing his 40, 50 yard thing. So uh, I, I think he can do it again uh, against the commanders. I'll double down on Jonu Smith one more time. I like that one. You can get that out there. You can also check out the trade value chart. Uh, it's a rest of season trade value chart. It is something you post on Thursdays. Want to give a little preview of that? Yeah. Wait, just basically, it's a Austin Mock helps me. He's, he runs uh, the table for me. I send him my rankings. He kind of puts it all out in the value. I tweak it a little bit. And so goes from uh, a value of 110 for Cooper Cup. And then the next highest value is like Tyreek Hill at, Tyreek Hill at 97 and a half. But it goes down to about 25. I usually say the 12 team, it's based on 12 team half PPR leagues. And I usually have a valuation for like the bubble guys that are the best of the waiver wire slash the worst of the guys being rostered is somewhere in a value of 20 to 25. So I usually top out or I usually end the chart at about 25 in value. So you get all the players that are worthy uh, of being between Cooper Cup and that 25 valuation, which is Quentin Johnston. They all get a value and that way you can kind of like add players together and figure out what looks like a, uh, you know, a decent comparable offer if you're looking to make a trade. Beautiful. Go and check that out at theathletic.com. If you don't have that sub, get subbed a couple bucks a month. Get all these great, great pieces of content there for your fantasy football ha uh, havings and go and do that today. You can follow us on Twitter at Brandon Funston, just like the name. Is it the Welsh for me? Go and follow Jake all in kid and uh, go and check out his article. That is it. We've got you guys prepped for week four, uh, weeks, week four, for week six, I also do college football, so I have like week seven in my head. The changing of weeks is like the worst thing on the planet for me. I need everything to be just the same weeks, Brandon, please, for the love of God. There you go. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll be back again next week right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast.